0: Thank you for tuning in today at Propel Church. Whether you're watching through YouTube or listening through a podcast, we want to say thank you. Our hope at Propel is that you would be propelled into an authentic relationship with Jesus. From wherever you are tuning in, we hope that you are encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Man, I am so incredibly excited to be teaching this morning week three of a sermon series called scared to death before i dive into my message though i want to kind of i want to kind of share who i am a little bit with you guys so in previous weeks as we're talking about scared to death we're talking about fear pastor nick has shared a couple of the things he is afraid of so i thought today hey in efforts to help you get to know me I'm gonna share a couple of things that I'm afraid of. Are you guys ready for this? All right, I'm gonna be super honest and transparent with you guys this morning. Is that okay? Yes. Yes, all right. So, uh, first thing I'm afraid of is this bug that I hate so much I didn't bother to learn its name. Um, Yeah, I literally hate it, I'm afraid of it. It doesn't live anywhere around here. Uh, I saw it for the first time at Repticon and was like, I don't know what that is, but that's my greatest fear. It's in a cage right here, it's got these Ooh, um, it's got these like red legs, it's, it's so gross, so gross. I tried this week to look it up to figure out, man, I should really know the name of this. No, I shouldn't. I was looking at pictures of, and trying to describe it on Google. You ever do that where you're like, let me figure out how many descriptive words? And I kid you not, I almost threw up over my whole laptop. You guys, I hate this thing so much. So before I vomit right here on stage, I'm gonna move on to something else um, my second fear, I am claustrophobic, you guys. Um, yeah, I don't like small spaces. Don't back me up into a corner. Uh, I don't like, I will fight you. I, can't, I will fight you. Um, I don't like blankets over my head. I don't even like my hair in my face. Uh, y'all, I like also hate elevators as part of my claustrophobia. Um, I mean, you're in an enclosed space. Uh, it makes a lot of noise and a lot of racket, it goes up, it stops abruptly. Are the doors gonna open? Are they not gonna open? I don't know. Um, But the one person I've been able to rely on for the last 20 years to kind of overcome these fears of my elevator um, has been Cherie Berry. (laughs) Some of y'all call her Cherry Berry or the elevator queen. (laughs) Um, Seeing her face in elevators gives me great comfort. She just stepped down from her position back in January and I don't know who Josh Dobson is, but I don't trust him yet. (laughs) So, those are my fears. That's a little bit about me personally. Um, I wanna invite you guys to respond this morning. I'm not afraid of response. You can clap, you can amen, it's okay. You can laugh, I may or may not be funny. Laugh anyway, if it seems like a moment I'm looking for laughter. Like, I want you guys to be a part of this as much as possible. So, I'm gonna recap the last two weeks and then we're gonna jump right in. Starting with our theme verse for this series, it's this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So week one, Pastor Nick talked about how fear doesn't come from God, but everything we need to overcome fear does come from God. So he didn't give fear to us, but he gave us all of the power the love and the self-discipline we need to overcome fear. And then last week he talked about fear of failure. Fear of failure and how it's okay if you make a mistake, if you mess up, your failures do not define you and they also don't determine whether or not God is gonna use you. And the best way to overcome fear of failure is actually to move forward in all that God has called you to do. And so that brings us to this week, week three, and I am gonna talk about the fear of not enough. The fear of not enough. Anybody in here ever felt like they weren't enough? Not good enough, not smart enough, not pretty enough, not talented enough. Maybe you were born like me and you're not tall enough. We have all feel like we've fallen short in some areas. Now, I am a really big uh, office fan and um, as every time I get, my husband and I, we've been through the office like seven times now, yes, we have a problem. But um, every time we get towards the end, there's this one scene with Jim and Pam. Now they're like the couple that the whole series is focused around and Jim has started a business in a town two hours away and he's splitting his time but he's realized, man, this is not good for my marriage and that's more important. So he stops this other job and he comes back and, um, and his, his wife is, man, she's just acting really weird some, this one day and she just runs out of the office and outside, and he comes to her and he says, what's going on, what's wrong? And she says, are you happy here? And he says, absolutely. And she said, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid you're gonna resent me. I'm afraid that this isn't enough for me. And I'm afraid that I'm not enough for you. Wow, wow. And every time I hear that, it hits me. Yeah. It resonates in <laughs> within me of, man, am I enough? Am I enough for the people around me, for the relationships? Am I enough for my parents? Am I enough for my husband? Am I gonna be enough for our kids one day? Am I enough for, for my boss? Am I enough? And so as I'm, as I'm walking through scripture, I find that there's somebody in there that can relate to that as well that can relate to not feeling enough. And his name is Moses. Now Moses has a very interesting story. So he's an Israelite who was born during the time that the Israelites resided in Egypt. They lived there 400 years, and the last 100 or so years, they were enslaved by the Egyptians. Because the Egyptians were afraid that they weren't gonna be enough if something happened with the Israelites. And so they feared them and they actually went and had all of the baby boys murdered. Yeah. And, and told the midwives, hey, when these ladies give birth, if it's a boy, take them out. Yeah. But Moses' mom and her midwife, they feared God and they were able to hide him away till he was about two, because two year olds get a little crazy. Yeah. There was no hiding that. So she put him in a basket and sent him down the river. He ended up at the palace. But it's very evident, though, that Moses is not an Egyptian, even though he's being raised in this Egyptian palace. And as he grows up and grows older, he sees his fellow Israelites in their mistreatment, and he ends up killing an Egyptian. Well, Pharaoh that, finds out, and he's not happy about it. So Moses takes off running. He's trying to run away from his problems, And he ends up in in a camp of Midianites. marries one of the ladies there. They have kids. And years and years later, he's a shepherd in a field. He's climbing up this mountain. And there's this bush, and it's on fire. But it's not burning. It's just on fire. And he's like, well, I have to go see what this is. And then the bush speaks to him, and he's like, What? (laughs) See, God calls out and says, Moses, Moses, because I don't think one time was good enough. I think he had to say his name twice, so he didn't think he was crazy. He says, Moses, Moses, I have heard the cries of my people, and I'm sending you to deliver them. What an incredible calling, but that's not how Moses sees it. And so let's check this out. We're in Exodus chapter three. We're going to be in chapters three and four. I'm going to read you this story, and then we're going to start back up at the top, and I'll give you a couple things there. Are you guys ready? Yes. All right. So God has said, I'm sending you. But Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. But Moses protested again, if I go to the people of Israel and and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they're gonna ask, what's his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And then God goes in and gives Moses his whole plan. He's like, this is what's going to happen. You're going to go to Pharaoh. He's going to say no. I'm going to do signs and wonders. Everyone is going to come out of Egypt. Moses is like, what if they still don't believe me after I tell them your plan? And he was like, okay, cool. So I'm going to give you three signs and wonders to do. First thing you're going to do is with a staff. He throws it on the ground. It turns into a snake. Not okay. Uh, Then he picks it up, turns it back into a staff, puts his hand in his cloak, brings it out, it's diseased, puts it back, it's clean. And the third thing God says is, hey, if they don't believe you after those first two, take some water from the Nile, throw it on the ground, it's gonna turn to blood. They'll believe you at that point. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, oh Lord, I'm not very good with words, I have never been, and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please, send someone else. Wow. You see, Moses is having this internal battle with himself. He continues to ask questions, and some of them are good questions, and, and, and then we get to into it. Man, he does not feel like he's the right person for this job. Yeah. God is like, my children are in Egypt, and I'm sending you to go and get them. And Moses is like, Please send anyone else. And I love this comparison here between Moses and Exodus, and then when we see Isaiah later on, and God is like, who should I send? And Isaiah says, send me, I'll go. And so that's the transition. I want to get you from please send anyone else to send me, Lord, I'll go because although we feel like we're not enough for other people, or maybe we've, we've faked it and we feel like we're enough for everybody else, sometimes God puts a call on our life and we're like, no, I am not enough for that. I am not good enough for that. Please send someone else. And God is like, I am calling you. So let our responses be, send us, Lord, we'll go. So let's head back up to the top of this and see how we can how we can change from send anyone else to send me, I'll go. It says this in verse 11 of chapter three, but Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. I love what what he says. Moses is like, who am I? And God is like, I'll be with you. He doesn't really answer this question of of Moses saying, who am I? I think in in Moses' mind, there's a couple things going on. Number one, he's thinking back to what he did in Egypt. He killed an Egyptian and Pharaoh hated him for it and sent men after him to kill him. And he's like, I'm not going back there. But I think also he knows his name is not good enough to get him through the palace doors. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? My name won't get me past the doors. As soon as I show up, they're gonna kill me. It's not enough to get past the doors. See, I could drive right now to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and drive up to the gate And tell them, for those of you who don't know, that's where the president lives. Uh, (laughs) I could drive up to the gate and be like, my name is Tori Newman. I am here to see the president of the United States. And they would be like, who are you? See, my name's not, just like my name isn't good enough to get into the White House, Moses' name, he knew, man, my name's not good enough. And so God's response is, I will be with you. And that's interesting to me that Moses is asking about his identity and God is saying, well, I'm going to be with you. And what that communicates to me is part of who you are is answered by who is with you. Part of who you are is who is with you. When I was growing up, I heard this phrase so many times, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. The people we go on this journey of life with matter. It matters who we're friends with. It matters who we're bringing into our inner circle and into whose inner circle we are going. And what I really love about this verse where Moses is like, well, who am I? And God's like, I'm going with you, is later on, we see that Moses understands that this is important. Because later in Exodus chapter 33, as soon as they're out of Egypt, God's like, hey, you didn't tell me who you're sending with me. And God says, well, I'm going with you. Yeah. And, and Moses says, well, that's great, because if you're not going, I'm not going. Because right. <laughs> if you're not going before me, you might as well just, he literally says, you might as well leave us in the desert to die if you're not going with us. Good. Because of how important it is of who is with us. So who is going on this journey with you? And is God going with you? We'll get back to that later. So for me, reading this verse, can we go back to that verse? One more up, yep. Who am I? And God says, I'll be with you. That should have been enough. That should have been enough for Moses to be like, great, let's do it. But it's not. Because we see him protest again in verse 13. And he says, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to them, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? And God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say to the people of Israel, I am, has sent me to you. Now, there's two things that I want to take away from this. The first is, what? <laughs> <laughs> Moses is saying, Who should I say is sending me? And God says, I am. Well, okay. Yes, but who should I say is sending me? Like, if I, did anybody else, grow up with a home phone? Okay, and you know, you answer the phone, and I would answer the phone, and I would say Hicks residence, and they would be like, can I talk to Amy? And I'd be like, may I ask who's calling? And if somebody on the other line had said, I am, I know you're calling, (laughs) (laughs) what's your name? (laughs) (laughs) And as, as I'm sitting here, I'm like, God, you just said I am. Of course you're sending Moses. You called him from a burning bush. And he's like, but there's so much more here because I am what? And I was like, well, hold on a second. <laughs> because in moments where you're not enough, you can trust that I am is enough. In the moments where you are worried and and scared, God says, I am with you. I have never left you, I have never forsaken you. In the moments where you say, God, I need a healing power right now, he says, I am Jehovah Rapha, I am God, your healer. I am the, the, the ultimate physician. In the moments where we are so tired, he says, I am the giver of rest. In the moments where we're anxious, he says, I am, peace, in the moments where we don't know what is happening or where something started or when it's going to end. He says, I am the alpha, the beginning, and I am the omega. I have the final word. So when it seems like in this moment, I am is not enough, man, I am is more than enough. And in these moments where we feel like we're not enough, I am is more than enough for us. And so that's what, whatever you need, whenever you feel like I'm not enough, God is saying, that's okay, because I am blank. Insert whatever you need here, because I have it covered. And so when when God is telling Moses, tell them I am sent you, it's whatever the people of Israel needed at the time. I am is enough. And that should have been enough. That should have totally been enough for Moses. But it wasn't. Yeah. And so, in chapter four, in verse 10, it says this. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, O oh Lord, I am not very good with words. I never have been and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? Hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I the Lord? Now go, I will be with you as you speak and I will instruct you in what to say. I feel like Moses is coming to God and he's like, I don't know if you know this, but I suck at talking. (laughs) I'm like really, really bad. Like, I get tongue-tied, and it's not just, I was bad growing up. No, I was bad growing up, and I'm bad now. I am terrible at talking, you got the wrong guy, and God is like, oh, you're that Moses? I am on the wrong mountaintop. Can you go get the other Moses, like, across the No, he doesn't say that. (laughs) He says, I know you, because I determine all of these things. Because I determine everything. I saw you being formed in your mother's womb. I know who you are. Yes. I know your past, yes. I know your present, I know your future, I know your strengths and I know your weaknesses. Yes. And I am enough for them. Yes. You think you're not enough because you stumble all over your words? I am more than enough for that. And I love it because Paul says it so beautifully in 2 Corinthians 12, and it says this, but he, God, has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation, for my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. And so Paul is like, I will all the more gladly boast in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me and may dwell in me. So I am well pleased with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, and with difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak in human strength, then I am strong. Truly able, truly powerful, truly drawing from God's strength. What God is saying to Paul in this moment and what he's saying to us is your weaknesses, I know about them but can I tell you that's where I am made most strong? That when you are weak, you are strong, not because of your strengths, but because of my strengths in you, that you are made strong. Your weaknesses, they're not defaults, they're opportunities for God to show his strength and power through you. That's right. so good. Your weaknesses, they're not negatives. Good. I know it's upside down and it's backwards, but your weaknesses are not what defines you. And God's not looking for a perfect person, because mm-hmm. guess what, he's not gonna find one. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't wanna use people that are perfect and have it all together he wants to use people in their weaknesses especially in their weaknesses for when you and I are weak then we're strong then we're strong but it doesn't have anything to do with us and everything to do with God everything you think you're not enough that's okay God wants to use you anyway you think, man, I can't do this. This thing that God has called me to, I can't do it. I can't do it, I'm just not, I'm just not good enough. And God is like, great, I'm gonna use my strength in you anyway. Yes. When, when God is, is calling Moses, he's not looking for Moses to have it all together. He's not even looking to send Moses to a school that makes his speech better. That's not what he's trying to do. He's saying, hey, I'm gonna use it. And I'm gonna send you back to Egypt and you're gonna deliver my people and I'm gonna show my strength and my glory and my love for my children through what I'm about to do. And we each have those things in our lives that God is calling us to. And we have moments of of weakness and inadequacies. You guys, I was ready to throw up this morning. (laughs) It's not in my own strength that I'm up here. It's not in my own strength that God is speaking through me. It's through His strength. My weaknesses, where I am weak, that's where God becomes strong. That's where God is gonna utilize them. And so don't worry. If God has called you to do this big, extravagant thing and you're like, well, I don't meet the qualifications. God's not looking for an application. You already have the job. You already have the job. He's already said yes to you. You just have to say yes back. And in these moments where I feel like I'm not enough, in these moments where, man, I'm at my at my end, and I'm like, God, I don't know that I can do what you're calling me to do. I go to Romans 8, and this is, this is, my, this is my battle cry, y'all. I, I pace back and forth, I read it out loud, because the promises that are in here that Paul is writing to the Romans way back in the day are still the promises for us today. Yes. And so what I wanna do as we close out I wanna read these and I wanna proclaim them over you. I'm not gonna read you the whole chapter, but I'm gonna read you a good bit. And Paul says this, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, Won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, not even ourselves, no one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. God gave it, not man. God gave us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one for Christ died for us and was raised to life for us and is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death or can't speak or aren't? the right kind of smart? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Yes. Amen. And I am convinced that nothing, that word, that Greek word nothing means nothing. Nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the power of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Come on! Nothing! You feel like you're not good enough? God says, hey, I made you right with me already. (laughs) You feel like, man, I feel like something I've done, a mistake I've made has has disqualified me, it hasn't. Nothing will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. My last point is this, God wants us to partner with him because on our own, we are not enough. But with him, in him, through him, we are more than enough. On our own, we're not enough. And man, we can keep striving and working and thinking one day we're going to be better. But if we're doing this aside from God, it's not going to happen. But if we're with him, we're not just enough. We're not just barely there. It's more than enough. Because God is more than anything we could ever need. All of the answers to our questions, all of the I am stuck in this, God says I am this. I am is enough for us. And so as we close, I wanna ask you this. I wanna go back to the beginning and ask you Is God with you? Is God with you? Because again, on our own, we're not enough. But with him, when we go to him and we stand with him, we're more than enough. More than enough. So with every head bowed, every eye closed today, if that's you and you say, man, I know, I know I'm, I'm, I'm not enough and I keep striving and I keep trying to do it outside of God. And, and today you want to say, God, I want, I want you with me. If you're not going, I'm not going. Would you just raise your hand and say yes. Say yes to God. We're going to all Pray together and you repeat this after me. Nobody's gonna pray alone, we're all gonna pray together. But especially if you made that decision today, just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, Jesus, today I give you my life. I I place my hope and trust in you. you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for checking out this week's message. If you made any decisions for Jesus or you need a next step or have a prayer request, let us know by going to www.propel.church/hub. That leads you to our digital connect card where you can fill out all of that information as well as see what we have coming up here at Propel. Thank you again for tuning in, and we hope to see you again soon.